Amen. The Lord knows I've been changed. Uh, I love spirituals. Uh, they uh, come from deep within the soul. And uh, it's so fitting that uh, we've been blessed by a spiritual uh, because uh, we are in the month of February right now. And February is Black History Month. Uh, in Black History Month, we celebrate the achievements of black people throughout history. But more than just their achievements, it celebrates the dreams that have survived and overcame the harsh realities of racism and oppression. Perhaps the most famous figure in black history is uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, he's famous. Everyone knows the speech that he gave in Washington, the I Have a Dream speech in 1963. The speech evoked hopes for universal fellowship among all people. With soaring words, people were elevated and taken up into a beautiful dream of the beloved community. It was a high point in his life, in the nation, and for the world too. It was a mountaintop experience that glorious day in Washington. On the mountaintop of today's passage, the disciples experienced something like this, something almost indescribable with words. Jesus was transfigured. His appearance was transformed and elevated into something glorious beyond measure. It was literally what you would call a mountaintop experience. Mark, I mean, he does his best to describe with words what this experience uh, might have been like. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. What the disciples experienced on the mountain was a glimpse of a glorious future when Christ would come again. They saw Jesus in all of his glory. It was a glimpse of when all of God's dreams for this world would become a reality. It was, it was this mountaintop experience. We all need moments like this in life. Moments of transcendence and elevation. You know, moments of a clear vision. Because these moments, they allow us to see and experience something different. Something different from just the everyday, normal grind that we are going through. These moments allow us to see, catch a glimpse of a beautiful vision for life. You know, Martin Luther King Jr., his gift was to elevate people's spirits so that they could see and feel the dream that he could see. We need dreams. We need vision. Because they give us purpose. They give us meaning. They show us what life can be and what it should be. They give us a glimpse of the difference between what life can be and what I'm living right now. And so they pull us out 
of the smaller world of our own problems and worries into a much bigger world of a greater purpose and meaning. Your own problems and worries take more of a back seat. I mean, they're always there, and we always have to deal with our own problems and worries. But they won't dominate you when you have powerful dreams that are driving your life. That's the power of dreams and visions. You know, back in the Martin Luther King Jr.'s day, when millions of black people all over America bought into this dream, you know, they, they all had their problems, they all had their worries, but somehow their lives are brought into this greater purpose of helping others and lifting up other people. To have dreams is a beautiful thing. We need dreams in life. But these dreams collide with the reality of life. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream collided with reality. And the racism in, in, in the country was too entrenched. And the hatred was too strong. And the problems of the country, they were too complex to deal with in a simple way. <clears throat> People began to lose faith in his vision. People started to think that his philosophy of nonviolence was naive or unrealistic, especially in the face of all the violence that came from the hatred of those in power. The dream was on shaky ground towards the end of his life when it was finally shattered by a bullet. In 1968, April 4th, the bullet took his life and it shattered the hearts of the nation. But more importantly, that bullet shattered the dream. After the disciples had this glorious experience on the mountaintop, Jesus said something very puzzling. You know, as they were coming down from the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Why did Jesus say this? I mean, these disciples, they had just witnessed something amazing, something glorious out of this world. Why hold off on sharing this glorious moment? When we experience something amazing, the first thing we want to do is post it on social media for the world to see, right? Why hold off? Well, before they went up to the mountain to have this glorious experience, uh, this is what Jesus did while they were on the ground. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and after three days, rise again. Jesus told them to hold off on sharing this glorious experience because he had to first experience the cross. Before glory comes the cross. Before dreams can be realized in their glory, they must go through suffering and struggle. My friends, this is the reality of our life. We all know this. 
Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream might be shattered, but it must not die. Because when dreams die, life has no purpose. Without dreams, what is life? It's just one dreary, monotonous routine, one day after the other. Without dreams, all that we have left to pursue is comfort, convenience, and pleasure. And those things are fine in and of themselves, but that's just something on the side to enjoy. Is that the center of our life? But I think that's what's happened in this world that we live in. People have stopped dreaming. They've lost faith in anything. They've lost faith in dreaming itself. And so without anything to dream in, Dream four, all that's left is the pursuit of our comfort, convenience, and pleasure. My friends, the dream must not die. But how do we get dreams? I think we all want to have dreams. Do they just happen and come out of nowhere? I don't think they come out of nowhere. Dreams are formed in community. The dreams of Martin Luther King Jr. took root in the segregated black community of the South that was suffering under the yoke of segregation and dehumanization. They were the dreams of that community. He was the right person at the right time with the right gifts to articulate the dreams that were in their hearts. He became the representative and articulator of these dreams. He was a man of the community. Dreams are formed in community. And dreams bring the community together. When he was able to articulate that dream, the community got, overcame their fear, their hesitation, and they became a community rooted in solidarity for justice and a higher purpose. With no dreams, there is no community. With no community, there are no dreams. This is where we find ourselves Today, there's no community out there. Everyone is just doing their own thing. You do you. I do me. We have more comfort and convenience than ever. But I feel like we have less solidarity and community than ever. Our comfort and convenience, our pursuit of those, it has isolated us from one another as we each prioritize and pursue our own comfort and convenience. My friends, this is not a good way to live life, is it? I don't think so. We have so much comfort and convenience, but we're not happier. I see people who are more anxious, more stressed out, more unhappy, than ever before. My friends, we need dreams that arise from community. We need community that is built around these dreams. 
After Jesus ascended into heaven, the followers of Jesus were all alone. Their leader was gone. They didn't know what lay ahead. They were very uncertain. They weren't sure what, happened to, what would happen to Jesus' dreams for the kingdom of God uh, to come on earth. But the thing is, they didn't just disband and go their own ways. I mean, unfortunately, after the death of Martin Luther King Jr., he was like the glue that held almost like an entire nation or entire community together with a vision, as fragile as it was. But once he died, it's almost like the community, beloved community he dreamed of, kind of shattered and fragmented and went their own ways. But the followers of Jesus, they didn't do that. They didn't just go their own way. They remained together. They went up in Jerusalem to an upper room, and there they waited and prayed. Waited and prayed together. On the day of Pentecost, something happened. The Holy Spirit came down upon them. You know, wonderful things started to happen. They started speaking in tongues. The people from all lands were able to understand what these people were saying. Something was afoot. Something new was beginning. But more importantly, they discovered new dreams and visions. This is how Peter describes it in Acts. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Peter was quoting the prophet Joel. When the spirit was poured upon them, they received new vision and new dreams. They became witnesses to this vision that God gave to them. Witnesses of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And these dreams became their driving force and their power. My friends, the world may not be a place that generates dreams. If anything, the world is a place where our dreams go to die. But when we come together in faith and stay together in worship and prayer, the Spirit gives us new dreams and visions. Yesterday at the church, we had a lunch for our newer members who have joined us since the COVID time. And I mean, yeah, we didn't really tell them in advance to prepare. But we put the mic in front of them and had them share their stories of how they came to St. Tim's. Kind of did that because if we told them in advance, I think the turnout would have been lower. But it was so beautiful. You know, uh, everyone shared their story of what led them to St. Timothy. People from different walks of life, different experiences and backgrounds. People who otherwise would never have met each other. Because geographically, culturally, socially, we're from different places. But God has brought all of us together. And at the lunch, Reverend Kim reflected together, shared that our identity as a church, it's not static. 
Ours is a dynamic identity. So depending on who is here, our identity will shift and evolve and grow as the Spirit leads us. New visions will form as new people come in. And so there is no new member, an old member. There is just a member of the body of Christ. And that body of Christ is always being shaped by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. It was a blessed time. We could feel the presence of God's Spirit giving us new dreams for this church, for our life, for our life together. The world may kill our dreams, but we are not of this world. We live life in this Spirit of God. When we gather in the Spirit, God gives us new dreams. We are one in the spirit, and the world cannot kill our dreams. It may damage them, may attack them, but new dreams will arise again by the power of God's spirit. Slavery was a cruel, cruel institution. It dehumanized people and made their, them property based on race alone. The one thing, though, that the black people had was the church. In black churches, they came together to pray, sing, and hear the word of good news. Churches where were their mountaintop, where they could see and experience the glory of the Lord. These experiences gave them dreams for a better future. It gave them not only strength to endure, but even joy through the pain and sorrow. That was the power of the community rooted in faith. And towards the end of Martin Luther King Jr.'s life, his challenges were almost unbearable. Friends had deserted him. The government, the FBI, was all on him, trying to bring him down. They saw, they considered him the greatest threat to the nation. I mean, think about that. The whole state apparatus against you. All these forces aligned against you. It was unbearable. He grew depressed. He wanted to quit. But he had a secret source of strength. He was raised by the community of faith in the black church. The strength of that community kept his faith alive. The night before he was killed, he gave a speech at a sanitation worker strike. This is what he said, last paragraph. Uh, oh, okay, yes, there we go. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop, and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. 
I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Amen. Mine eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. He experienced the transfiguration of Christ and saw the future coming of our Lord. My friends, the church is where we gather to experience the glory of the Lord. The church is not an institution. The church is an incubator of God's dreams for this world. The church is the community formed around these dreams. When we gather faithfully in worship, prayer, and fellowship, the church is a foretaste of the eternal kingdom to come while we are here on earth. Churches are struggling. We have a meeting coming up for a Presbyterian. Pastors are tired. They're burnt out. People have left church and left faith altogether. But I still believe in God's church. I still believe in God's dreams for this world. I still believe that God has the power to lift us up out of our hopeless situation and give us new dreams and new visions. I pray that your heart may be revived by God with new visions and dreams that he plants in your heart. I pray that this church may be a place where you experience grace, transcendence, and new dreams given to us by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.